The text for this evening is taken from our gospel reading from Mark chapter 6. And Jesus said to them, You give them something to eat. And then he asked them, How many loaves do you have? If you would bow your heads with me in prayer. Lord Jesus, we thank you for using the little that we have to build your kingdom. Strengthen our faith as you work in us and through us and around us. We ask and pray this all in Jesus' name and all God's people said, Amen. Grace and mercy and peace to you from God our Father, from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. This past week, Kathy and I traveled to Phoenix, Arizona, and we spent a few days with Kathy's mom and a few days at a conference called the Best Practices Conference. And it was a conference that started back in 2012, and that first year we were there, and there were 500 people that were there. They've been going on for 12 years. There were a couple of years where they didn't meet because of COVID, but since that time, it's grown from 500 people to between 2,500 and 3,000 people. There were about 70 to 80 vendors who were there. They were talking about different ministries that were going on, encouraging people to either inform them or invite them to be a part of the ministry that they had started. There were pastors, teachers, missionaries, DCEs, laymen and women all there for the sake of the gospel to talk about God's love and to encourage one another to put it into practice. It's always a fun time when Kathy and I go to the Best Practices Conference because we see people that we know. And if you've ever been a part, if you've been a part of King of Kings for any number of years, you should know at least some of these people. We saw Kayla Hake. We saw Andrew Simpson, Tom Fotenauer, Tim Ritter, Ted and Sarah Benson, just to name a few. Others that we know, Kathy, because she attended Concordia at that time, River Forest, now Concordia, Chicago, and myself as I attended Concordia Seminary. The amazing thing about this conference, though, is that it's free. It costs nothing to go. The only cost is the travel there and the hotel stay. That's the only cost. They feed us three meals a day on Thursday and Friday, and then it just goes a half a day on Saturday, but they have food each and every day in abundance for us to eat. And for those who lead, they get paid nothing. They just share simply the things that they have learned through the years, the best practices that they have come by through practical experience. I don't know if anyone here has gone to the Great Commission Convocation that used to be sponsored by our Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. It's probably similar to that kind of conference. But again, there were people that came sharing the little that they had with so many people around them. Today we hear a story in Scripture, in our Gospel lesson, that where people bring just a little and many are fed. It's only one of a half a dozen stories that are in all four Gospels. 
most of the stories that we're talking about during our Lenten season this year, we find Jesus around a table with people. But here we find Jesus, but there is no table. He gathers people around them, and instead of eating at a table, it's a big picnic. And so that's the theme of today's message, the big picnic. Tonight I want to point out some different things about the miracles that Jesus performed. And the first thing that I want to point out simply is that it was a prefigured miracle. A prefigured miracle. We see it prefigured in our Old Testament lesson for tonight. In 2 Kings chapter 4. In our Old Testament lesson we hear the story of Elisha feeding a crowd of a hundred men probably students who were studying under him. But as they were there, there were in the verses just before this, it said that there was a famine in the land. And so these men would have been hungry. And as they were there, another man came with 20 loaves of barley bread. Barley bread was the bread of poor people. But that's all that he had. John in his gospel tells us that this is the same kind of bread that was there at the feast that Jesus shared with his disciples and the 5,000. But in our Old Testament lesson, Elisha said, give it to the people to eat. And the man who had the bread was embarrassed, thinking that these 20 loaves would not go very far with 100 men. And yet Elisha said, give it to the people to eat, for this is what the Lord says. They will eat and have some left over. So they set it before them. They ate and they had some left over just as the Lord had said. It's almost exactly what happened in our gospel reading for tonight as our Lord performed his miracle. But Jesus' miracle was much greater. It was not just a hundred men, but 5,000. Nevertheless, every one of those people in Jesus' day recognized that there was a miracle that was taking place and someone greater than Elisha was there. And with this miracle, Jesus was saying that there is indeed one greater than Elisha who is here. It was a miracle, prefigured, only greater. Second point in this miracle was that it was a probing miracle. I love the way that Jesus talked with the disciples. He said to them, you give them something to eat. And they said, it would take more than a half a year's wages. And do you want us to go and spend that much on bread to give to them to eat? And Jesus said, how much do you have? What do you have? And when they went out and found out, they said, five loaves and two fish. What should the disciples have said to Jesus? What should they have said? He was probing. He was testing their faith. He was giving them an impossible situation and asking them, what are you going to do about this? How are you going to handle it? I want you to think of a problem that you have, something that's causing you distress or unrest. How are you going to handle it? What are you going to do? What will you say to our Lord? 
the disciples basically threw up their hands and said, we can't handle it. We don't know what to do. There's not a lot of faith in that answer. What should they have said? Maybe they should have said something like this. Lord, we can't handle it, but you can. In fact, you probably already know what you're going to do. So we say, Lord, give us such faith tonight. Give us such faith today. Faith that looks to God, that trusts in Him, that believes that He has an answer. One that looks to Him, realizing that He already knows what He's going to do. Give us such faith as you work in us and through us in this world. A third part of this miracle was that it was a prolific miracle. What do I mean by that? I mean that God took the little of what they had and multiplied it to feed thousands. He began, as I read this story, it reminded me of another story that I had read earlier this week about a Muslim boy named Abdul. He began questioning some of the teachings that he had about the faith of Islam. When he shared this with his family, his family was upset. And he went out walking down a road, and as he was walking down the road, a a man in a rickshaw came up next to him and invited him to join him in the rickshaw. Abdul had never done anything like that, but he climbed up in the rickshaw, and they rode down the road, and the man began to talk to him. And before they left, the man gave him a New Testament scriptures. And as Abdul began to read the New Testament, he began to believe in Jesus Christ. When this became known among his family, Abdul was rejected and beaten by his family. They kicked him out of the house. He moved into a shack. And yet his mother, who had sympathy on him, continued to give him food each day so that he could survive. Abdul began to continue to study the Word of God. In fact, there was a a Christian pastor and a missionary that came to his house frequently and began to teach him and talk to him about the faith. Later, Abdul was beaten again, and this time an old classmate took care of him. It took pity on him and helped heal his wounds. And as Abdul talked to him about his newfound faith, his friend came to faith as well. His friend's name was Rafiq, and Abdul said, Yesterday I was alone, and today there are two, and tomorrow there could be 200. And that's kind of what happened. Rafiq began to talk about the faith, and before long there were 36 other people who were baptized. They asked people to come into their house, and there they shared their faith. They worshiped together, they prayed together, they studied God's word. And more churches were planted. One day, Rafiq was killed for his faith. But to this day, Abdul continues to preach the faith that he has in Jesus Christ. Today, there are more than 350 evangelists who are out sharing the faith of Christ. Nearly 2,300 pastors, 4,000 churches, nearly 100,000 people have been baptized. Isn't this the story of the Christian faith? 
We don't do the multiplying. We don't do the saving. God does the multiplying. Christ does the saving. But God takes the little of what we have and he multiplies it and he shares it with those around us so that people come to faith and they receive the word of God. We simply share the bread of life and Jesus, the one who is the bread of life, gives life to the world. I can only imagine how much God delights when he uses the little things in our life, when he can multiply them and share them with people around us. Think of all the little things that God uses. Little people, little Bible verses, little words of encouragement, little acts of kindness, little prayers to do his great work. Tonight I have a short video that I want you to watch and it's a reminder of how God uses the little things of people's lives so that they can come to know His grace and His love. Let's watch the video. That's a good thing. But God takes the little we have and he multiplies it and he shares it so that his kingdom might come and his will might be done in this world. And to that all God's people can say,